Dukes and hobos in the buff And RBs and extra cheese And girls who like it rough These are some things and some stuff Talking cats and yoga mats And shoes attached to springs Taking poops and playing hoops And balls attached to strings This is some stuff and some things This is some stuff and some things This is stuff Welcome to Stuff and Things, the podcast about everything and nothing at all. I'm Chewy. And I'm, wow, and I'm Ian. It's like a salad fingers the opening. It's creepy. I like it when the broadcast starts. Uh, all right. Well, welcome to Stuff and Things. Uh, it started, by the way, in case you weren't. It has begun. Episode 52. 52. 52. The new 52. <laughs> the new fitty too. Yes. Um, right. So, uh, welcome. If this is your first time, welcome to the podcast. Um, get ready for dick humor. And if this is you returning, you returning sad cats, of course, welcome back and we love you and have our babies. Um, not my dick babies, humor. but Chewie's looking for a, a, a seed carrier. I, you can <laughs> carry it and then. In your like, hand? <laughs> don't let it. You can carry it in your grow. mouth and then swallow it down. <laughs> He likes it like that. Uh, you know, water carry your mouth briefly. Water, water, no, just, just, just make. Sure, I, I don't want to be a dad. <laughs> Let, let's just cut to no, the chase. I ready. don't want to be. A he's dad. not ready for. I'm that. not ready. All right. My mattress is still on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, welcome to the show. Uh, before we get started in the fun, a couple of different things we have. We have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, a couple different things to be aware of. Uh, thing number one is there are some ways you can reach out to us and contact us if you'd like. So if you're a fan of the show, you can be like, hey, I want to reach out and touch you. We're like, no, we're not into that. We just said, I'm taken by a lady who I like very much. I would say, you know what? Fuck it. I would say love. I would say I love her. Yeah. I, yeah, I love her. So fucking what? Love. <laughs> um, Let me so, ask you something. Is that the first time you've said it? No, I said it to her a lot. Oh, then why do you care about everyone else? Well, knowing? you know, I, d- I don't know. Uh, well, let's not get into that on the show. No, I don't, I don't care about anyone else knowing. I just don't know how comfortable she is. I'm sure she's fine with it. I've said it on Facebook and stuff. I don't know. I always get a little nervous because we have another talk of like, is it okay? I guess this is the way to do it, right? <laughs> is it okay if I tell people oh, that I love you? Yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. Disney. I don't think that's any Disney song. I, I made it up. It's sure from it is. My, it's from, from the Hunchback of Beauty and the Beast of Lion Kings. <laughs> of Kings. Of Kings. Um, in the jungle. So a couple ways you can reach out to our show, though. We do have a website, stuffandthingspodcast.com. Uh, there you can go ahead and do all of the things I'm about to tell you that you can do. There's really easy, quick links there uh, for all that stuff. Uh, you can also uh, email us at that website. We do have an email address, stuffandthingspodcast at gmail.com. So again, that's stuffandthings, A-N-D, stuffandthingspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter. For the show, we have a show Twitter. It's at satpodcast. So there you can follow us um, and see when our new episodes come out and stuff. And you could love us, too. You can love us. And you can also follow us individually on Twitter. For Ian, it's at irich. That's at I-R-I-T-C-H. For Chewy, it's at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. 
Hey. Like the Fonz. You can also like us on Facebook. Give us a big old cool thumbs up there. Like the Fonz. And we also are part of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. We are the we're the helm of that ship. Like the Fonz. Like the Fonz, <laughs> I guess. Um and what so if the Fonz was on our show. That'd be pretty awesome. <laughs> Henry, having Henry Winkler. If it would be Henry Winkler or would it be the Fonz? The Fonz. The Fonz. Henry Winkler as we went as back the in time. Oh, we we got kidnapped the Fonz. But here's the thing not the Fonz as played by Henry Winkler in the sense of like Oh, hey, I'm playing the Fonz right like now. Like it's him right? as the Fonz. No, like it, it's the character of the Fonz. We go back in time and then through magic reach into the TV for the finished production, which includes the character. So it's like a Fonz. last action hero thing. Like we go yes. into the TV and get the Fonz. And we pull out. But it has to be from that era. We can't watch a rerun right now. It's got to yeah. be like when it first airs and we like pull right. them out and then bring them to the future. We got to make sure we go back far enough though. We don't want yeah. like, we don't want like later seasons Fonz. We don't want it after sharks. he's jumped the shark. Right. So, um, yeah. Okay. So. fuck around with sharks, dude. No, I don't. But Fonzie, I feel like would protect Fonzie, the shark. get away from that shark. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. Um, and we, so Stefan thinks Fonzie. Stuff, can you spell shark? Sure, I can. S H A. That's it. Okay, what's the rest of it? Um, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just hit. Just hits the jukebox. <laughs> How come this jukebox don't play no music? You're punching a student. Stop it. <laughs> um, so you can reach Is us. That's why the, he keeps repeating the same thing. Over oh my and over. god! Let me just get the website out. We'll continue right, this, right. the Fonzie conversation. Uh, st- I have two things I actually mentioned. So the website, stuffandthingsnetwork.com. You can check out some of our other shows there. We also, Chewie and I, will be at the San Diego Comic Con 2014. Um, so if you do want to hang out with us, and um, we also have uh, a guest we had on the show, uh, Adam, our friend Adam, who you may remember from a few episodes back. I think episode 40, was it? We talked like about that. the the poo car, with, with the, poo prank, the, 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 the debauchery. With the, with the live performance music. The live musical performance. So Adam, Adam, and I and Chewie will be there as well as if you want if you want to meet the the lover that Fatty here took, you can you can meet um, a few other of our friends too. too. We'll we'll see what hijinks we can get up to mm-hmm. at Comic Con. Yeah, we'll bring a recorder. So you guys, will, we'll probably review some footage. We'll see if we can interview people. And oh stuff. yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna say this much right here. We talked about last time. If we find a Fonzie cosplayer, oh yes, which we probably won't. But if we found one, <laughs> last time we talked about the whole Twitter thing mm-hmm. get we ready we didn't, at didn't, home, we, we didn't have a digital a, a nice digital recorder back then we also didn't have a podcast a forum to tweet well, from because they know yeah. they won't contact me That's but true. they might tweet out for at sat podcast um <laughs> they tweet out for at sat podcast at chupacabra but not at irish oh, fuckers or uh, even though it says but i'm part of at sat podcast why did i turn into bobby hill for a second there <laughs> Fuck, Dad. Dad, I'm in line, Dad. <laughs> At Hall H line, I'm inside you, Dad. <laughs> dad, Give me my the da- God damn Doug, my dad's in a wheelchair, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, we will be at the San Diego Comic Con. That is uh, technically starts on Thursday. I will be there for preview night. Chewie will not, and Adam will be there. So uh, if you want to uh, reach out to us, mind you, cell phone signals aren't always the best. And um, I know I mentioned this on Four Color Commentary that I will have a um, a Google Voice number I'm going to try to set up uh, for the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. So if you're interested in getting in and hanging out with us, contacting us uh, to see if you want to meet up or something, just to say hi or say we like your show, buy us a beer. Or you know what, maybe. Depending if we like you enough, don't, maybe we'll buy you a beer. Don't punch Just us. one. We're pretty poor, but... Not in the face. If you really impress us with your knowledge of our podcast. Yeah. If you, can out, if you can out-reference the history of our podcast better than we can, 
Yeah. Then we get, you got a beer. That's not very hard. We know some people that like refer to shit and like, I'll be like, what? Somebody what, asked me what, this week, that? so how's Terrence doing? I'm like, yeah, who? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so okay. basically we're saying free beer. Now beer of our choosing. So you might be getting a Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Another bit of like just kind of upcoming, so keep this in mind. Thing, uh, as you may well be aware, we do have another show, Four Color Commentary. That is true talk about comic books and awesome shit like mm-hmm. that. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, which um, you should definitely, we talk about how upcoming on July thirty first, we will be um, hosting a Q and A for Sam Humphreys. Uh, comic book writer currently writing the legendary Star Lord mm-hmm. at a Guardians um, of the Galaxy is coming pre- out. Yeah, soon. a preview screening. So that actually you can buy a ticket to this early screening at uh, Fat Collectibles in Orange County, either the Huntington Beach, the Anaheim, or the La Habra uh, locations. It's gonna be thirteen bucks, and then you get to see Guardians of the Galaxy at about eight p.m. You see it early before all the, the suckers day, in line. The day before it comes out. So the thirty-first. So that's that's the day before it comes out. So you don't have to wait till midnight. You can exactly. go at eight. You, see it. You can also you can yell spoilers at all the people in line. <laughs> exactly. Don't do that. That's a dick move. You, you, but can also, you could do it. I can't control you your could. power. Um, you, you'd also be able to, uh, go into the Q and a with Sam Humphreys, mm-hmm. um, comic book writer extraordinaire, uh, before the movie. And if you're so inclined, you can go to the, uh, Sam Humphreys signing at the Anaheim fat mm-hmm. collectible store, which would be starting at about, uh, 5 PM, I believe. Um, tell him you came here because you heard about it on the stuff and things podcast. Tell yeah. us a staff member. Yeah, tell a staff member, and you yes. know, we'll see what happens. Anyway, I'm not saying yeah, anything free, but let them know because you know if you're loyal fans of us, you want our name out there, just like we just like we want to put our name out there. So let them know that they that they draw drew a crowd with us. Exactly. Anyway, so you'll know where to find us in the, over the next couple of weeks, Comic Con, and then some more comic book related stuff once we get back from Comic Con because we can't get enough comics. Speaking of comics, what about the Fonz's comic? Oh God! The comic of the Fonz. All right, hold traveling on. Traveling through time. What if the Fonz, instead of instead of being really good at jumping cars, was really good at let's say a sport? Let's say maybe a sport that might involve the whole world. <laughs> this is my ham-fisted segue because Chewie wanted to have <sighs> yes a World Cup wrap up. Yes. Okay. So world Chewie, Cup take wrap. it away. World Cup wrap up. So the World Cup is now over. Chewie, who is the, who are the victors? The, who? The Germans. That's right. The Germans took the World yes, Cup twenty fourteen. They they beat Argentina one to nil in extra time. Yes. Um, third place went to the Netherlands. Destroyed Mar- Brazil. Mario Götze with a magical. There was magical no blood. Goal. There was blood. Well, there wasn't any blood coming out of someone's butthole. That's no. what happens in Götze. Uh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> So speaking of buttholes and blood. Yes. <laughs> so um okay, sports people. Okay. So yes, Germans are the champions, Argentina's like, oh no. And then uh Holland, <laughs> Why is Argentina Super Mario. Holland, they're, they're, oh no. They're basically the Italy of Messi. South America. Super Messio brothers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're basically the Italy of South America. All right, all right. Um you have uh, the Netherlands in third and Brazil taking home fourth. Um, so overall, awesome fucking cup. If you got to watch it, you know what I'm talking about. So many magical moments, so much tragedy if you're a U.S. fan like 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 I am here. Um, there's still nights that I cry about it. But a lot of awesome like, But goals. a lot of awesome moments too as well. A lot of people are calling this the best World Cup in like 
ever in some cases well, or in recent memory. That almost seems that. like when Apple's like, this is the best iPhone mm, yet. It's like, no, this is the best World Cup yet. No, the yet. South Africa World Cup like fucking sucked. I it was boring it. as a motherfucker. Um, anyways. And Germany, it's had some good moments. Germany sure. was eh. Korea was pretty good. South Korea and Japan was pretty good. But anyways, so it, a lot of great moments. It, catch some highlights if you want to or whatever. Now, I could sit here in Babylon about it, and you know what I'm going to say. Amazing sport. Everyone get into it. Promote it here in the U.S. Make it so we're the victors of the World Cup. Because soon enough, oh, yeah. the Hopefully World Cup will be decided by... 2022, possibly. <laughs> the World Cup will be decided, decide the fate of who governs the world. <laughs> which which reminds me very briefly, before we get into yeah, what yeah. we're talking about, we actually got a, 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 Twitter, a Twitter response <laughs> oh, yeah. from Satboy. Um, our loyal sap boy. And we wanted to let him know that we got his Twitter response. He wrote to us because we were talking about, uh, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we mentioned that the, what if the World Cup determined the fate of the world, like who got to run the world for four years. And we were joking about the Germans winning it and there being kind of like, you know, this lingering like, we could take the power. Yeah, right. And, and they, they won. So yeah, right. And so, and please so, don't do that. Please don't do that. But, but, but we talked about like, you know, how the different teams, like different countries would like spend a lot of time on soccer and yeah. make it like the most important priority. Um, so sad boy <laughs> wrote us a, a little, a couple messages on a direct messages on, on Twitter. He wrote the world cup will lead to countries genetically mutating their people to win soccer matches. One minute later, he decided to add this little gem. Imagine tons of hulks playing soccer. Yes. Now, now, Chewie, you had an interesting fact for Sapboy. So, for those of you that aren't aware, the Hulk literally played, or let me rephrase that, Hulk literally played in mm. the World Cup. Um, he is a Brazilian soccer player named Hulk. <laughs> now, we know Brazilian soccer players and a lot of soccer players are like, oh, I'm going to put my nickname on the back. Yeah, right. fucking. Right. Yeah, like that's my cool name. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it's not a nickname. His mother, after she gave birth to him, possibly delirious from giving childbirth to a child that huge because he's pretty big, um, she decided to name him on his birth certificate. His name is Hulk. His first name is Hulk. People have asked me, "What does Hulk mean in Spanish?" And I say, first of all, they don't speak Spanish in. Brazil. They speak Portuguese. Second of all, I'm not aware of it meaning anything. So I can only assume Hulk, like the green <laughs> fucking monster superhero <laughs> madman slash tragic soul. Because she knew one day he would have to bear the tragedy <laughs> of Brazil. Um, no, so Hulk was on the field. He was running about. He was like smashing things up. And that's why you see people in like the crowd wearing Hulk masks and shit like that. Mm. And what was weird, weird enough, Sat Boy, was they had this one shot in the last match of some dude that looked exactly like the player Hulk in the stands. And they're like, oh, it's Hulk's clone. So they're already cloning the Hulk <sighs> in Brazil. Brazilian Hulk. So, but there was a lot of great moments, though. There was one of my favorite moments, actually, a little shot in front of here because you know Germans won. Um, the Argentine national team has a player, Javier Mascherano. Okay, he was probably responsible for the most important play against the Dutch, which sent the Argentines to the final. He slid in and deflected a ball. Okay, good work, but they said he sustained a very uh, painful yet embarrassing injury. We're talking about assholes bleeding earlier. <laughs> oh. 
What did, what is the, the official, official medical term? Official medical term from the team doctor was he sustained a, st- a stretched anus. <laughs> <laughs> he literally some players uh, didn't a get strainus, the if you will. Yeah. Anus is <laughs> strained. <laughs> <laughs> Straight oh, no. his tight little asshole. Oh, well, I don't, you know what? Let's, let's be fair. I don't know if it's tight. Maybe he took a rough dump. <laughs> They're in Brazil. Who knows what they're eating? But all those tiny bananas. Yeah, those tiny. Well, I mean, that can't be good. You need more than just those. Yeah, you know. Tiny bananas does not a good diet make. <laughs> tiny bananas and chahuscarias. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all that chahuscaria is going to make that butthole chaluscaria. Oh, God. <laughs> um, um, no, but he got a, a strained asshole. And um, <laughs> say it without laughing, I can't. But they said um, they they interviewed him. And they is, that, him. is that like a new like baby food? Strange assholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they they asked them. They're like, you know, oh, tell us about your injury. And it, this is all he said. It's quite painful. <laughs> My ass ripped open. What do you think? That's what I feel it like. Was he quite was painful. For me, me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but great World Cup! Congratulations to Germany. One more piece of news: I don't know if you've seen this. Um, did you see? So the guy who scored the goal and like won it for Germany. Did you right. see the any pictures of him recently? No, I have not. I know what he looks like, but I've not seen pictures of him. So you can imagine that um, after not only his team winning the World Cup, his nation, but hit on his fucking back, on his strong Bavarian back. Right. He was feeling pretty good. Right. He was like, hey, man. So let me ask you, what would you do after winning the World Cup? Like, you won the World Cup, and they're like, okay, cool. We're going to fly back to Germany. Yeah. You're going to do the parade. You're going to do the, mm-hmm. you know, hold the trophy and all that shit. And then you're off for three weeks before your club starts training again. You can do whatever the fuck you want. What would you do? I do it like, honestly, honestly. I do what, what every do. sports person does. Okay. What do they say when they win? How do you feel? What are you gonna do next? I'm going to Disney. Damn right! I'm gonna go to every Disney theme park so, in the world. Okay, so you would go to every Disney theme park in the, the world. world. Yes. Okay. After you do that, you've got some some other time. Anything else you would do? Um, I don't know. Have lots of sex. With my good lady wife, I would imagine. Well, I'm not married, but I imagine is he married? Um, if he's not married, I would have sex with a woman if I was him. If I was me, I would have sex with my girlfriend. Okay, and in in any case, so you can imagine, like in a villa, like we'd just be naked all day, spend all that time in Brazil. Uh Okay, and chances are he was training the whole time. He probably didn't have a lot of time for R and R. So did he choose to go see the sights of Brazil? No, but think about it. what do we think of when we think of Brazil? We think beaches, beaches and you know dancing, and booty, booty, of... booty, 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 rocking everywhere. Um, <laughs> Copacabana. <laughs> um, anyways, so he decided to hit the beaches a little okay. bit. Uh-huh. Okay, um, he got a nasty sunburn <laughs> with, with, with his girlfriend. He right? got "You suck" written in <laughs> in, 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 in sunscreen on his back. Some Argentine, a rogue a Argentine, big old cock. <laughs> So that shaped like the World Cup. He went with I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but th- this is her. Uh huh. Pretty pretty foxy lady, right? She's a pr- good looking girl. Yeah, good for him. A, G- a German, definitely a Freulein for sure. Def- Look, she's oh, yeah. blonde hair, she's, blue eyes. Yeah. Anyway, she's an attractive young lady. 
So he goes to the beach with her, and you know, of course, the paparazzi is all over him because he just won the fucking World Cup. He scored like the winning goal. He scored the winning goal. So there's pictures of him with her at the beach. You know, here you go. <laughs> oh. There's a shot of her and her she's butt. bending over, and yeah. she's they're a Euro- nice one. They're European, so yeah. that you you expect a little more looseness and openness. And then the pictures progress. Oh. <laughs> Please no way. try to describe no, it. No, let me see this. Here no fucking way. That's 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 gotta be an angle. There's no No. Holy Scro- shit. Keep scrolling. He's Oh my god. <laughs> he's Welcome to Bavarian Boner Town. Oh my god, he's got like a fucking rock hard boner. Yes. It's and it's not like And she's oh. looking at it too. She sees it. She knows it's there. And it's not like it's not like, oh, I'm I'm like Damn, why I'm like I got a let's, semi. Let's, let's be straight. He doesn't Damn, have, sir. He doesn't have a semi. Shit. That he, guy is it, fucking packing. Now, here's a little known fact some people may not know. Um, and it could could have been the US's downfall for this too. A lot of coaches and a lot of teams forbade any sort of sexual relations while in Brazil for the tournament. Okay, they're like, you, you, you can see your family when you're down there, you're traveling. They'll have like times, kind of like, con, not conjugal visits, but like arranged visits. We're like, oh, we're all going to have dinner together, invite your family, whatever. But then it's like, okay, they have to go back to their hotel. You stay here in this hotel, like by yourself. Um, the U.S. decided, Jurgen Klinsmann's like, no, everyone's going to get laid. It's Brazil. So we all got to like get our D's ass and all that sort of stuff and like, you know, have sex while we were in Brazil. And we lost. To be fair, I I did jerk off before the world the last World Cup game with the U.S. If you want to be mad at me, you can. It's all right. Our players, that. our players were not held to that standard. I won't hold us to that standard. All right, fair point. I I kind of did it during <laughs> while I was at the bar. When, a lot of people rubbing when, up when, when Julian Green scored that goal. I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 um. Anyways. Um. Yeah, he's he's fucking rock hard here. And you know what? She sees it and she continues to look at him and be like, Oh, she's hey. into it. She's down. She or this the thing, is that she doesn't even look at him. She's not only she's, she's probably not, into it in here, yeah. but on her face you don't see it. She's just like, it's no big deal. She, she's not I'm I'm, she, I'm attractive. Not, she's he's not, my he's my husband or, yeah. or boyfriend. He's gonna get a boner. Not, That's good. She's not like, Oh, hey, what's that? It's but at just, the same time, she's kinda, not disgusted by it. She's just like, yeah. Oh, he's attracted to me. That's good. Not even it's almost like Oh my God, we just had a wonderful picnic. That's the smile <laughs> on her face. That's the smile on her face. And I'm like, you know what? She, like, that's totally normal for them. I'm just like, good for you. You know what? Why the fuck not? If you fucking score the goal that won the World Cup, the boner that won the World Cup, <laughs> the boner. That, why well, would you not want to just jump on the boner that won the World well, Cup? He, he, it's probably shaped like it. Well, that's not, probably part of the rule. Like, not, you have to mutilate your penis in the shape of the World <laughs> oh Cup. God. Not even all thick and hard at the end, like <laughs> yeah, John Holmes, like John Holmes, like all heavy at one end and all oh, thin God. at the other. Um, Except for the very base, then it gets wide again. Yeah. Um, no, what I was gonna say is they don't like, like it, it's it, not not even like from her standpoint, but from his standpoint. If you had okay, you're at the beach, you're romping around with your girlfriend, you haven't had sex in like a month, right? And you know she looks she looks smoking hot and whatever, and she's rubbing up on you. You get a boner. Now most people are like, oh no, I have a fucking boner. Not this guy. So he's just because think about this. You just won the fucking World Cup. The, you scored the fucking goal. I would stand and be like, "Yeah, fucking look at it. This is the dick that won the world. 
Look at it. Look at it. This is the one that slayed Argentina. Um, no, dude. I'm just like, good for him. I, I would be like, look at it. Look how big it is. Don't not look at it. Don't not look at it. Um, anyways, but that that's my World Cup roundup. We have a, a strained asshole or a strainus. And the, the Bavarian boner town. That's or the true. The boner that won the World Cup. That's true. So um, I have a story for us. It's a rather long one, but I've been holding off on this. Now, like Mario Goetz's boner? Yeah, oh, <laughs> longer than that. Um, I mean, I bet if we put them both side by side, this would probably be longer. Um, just for sheer amount of text. But um, I will say, this is we talked about last time how I want to start revisiting some topics from our older, almost as a celebration of how far we've come with the 50th episode and everything. So I found an article. I was, an article that was actually given to me uh, by uh, a friend of ours. Um, I won't tell you the title because it gives it away, but I'm just going to start reading it. It's kind of interesting. So the article begins. Like most children, Margaret Howe Lovett grew up with stories of talking animals. There was this book that my mother gave to me called Miss Kelly, she remembers, with a twinkle in her eye. It was a story about a cat who could talk and understand humans. What was the name again? uh, Her name? Her name. No, her, no, no, the, the cat's name. Uh, the, the story. The story was called Miss Kelly. Okay. She remembers with a twinkle in her eye. Uh, it was a story about a cat who could talk and understand humans, and it just stuck with me that maybe there is this possibility. Unlike most children, Lovett didn't leave the tales of talking animals behind Oh, sorry. Unlike most children, Lovett didn't leave these tales of talking animals behind her as she grew up. In her early 20s, living on the Caribbean Isle of St. Thomas, they took on a new significance. During Christmas 1963, her brother-in-law mentioned a secret laboratory at the eastern end of the island where they were working with dolphins. Oh, God. She decided to pay the lab a visit the following year. I was curious, Lovett recalls. I drove out there down a muddy hill and at the bottom was a cliff with a big white building. Levitt was met by a tall man with tousled hair, wearing an open shirt and smoking a cigarette. His name was Gregory Bateson, a great intellectual of the 20th century. <laughs> I'm Bates. <laughs> I'm fucking baiting it right now. Oh my god! With my open shirt. <laughs> he was a great intellectual of the 20th century, and the That's director. In case it spurts up at me, you know, it doesn't <laughs> and, get on my shirt. And the director of the lab <laughs> goes down my chest. Every time. <laughs> my 1970s thick chest here. I'm sorry. No, this is in 1960. Uh. 63. It's in 63. 19, not the 70s. 1963. Um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, okay. So, um, why did you come here? He asked Lovett. Well, I heard you had dolphins, she replied. What brought you to Fantasy Island? island. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we'll see. Uh, um, well, I heard you had dolphins, she replied. And I thought I'd come and see if there was anything I could do or any way I could help. That already sounds very sexual. Unused to unannounced visitors and impressed by her bravado, Bateson invited her to meet the animals and asked her to watch them for a while and write down what she saw. Despite her lack of scientific training, Lovett turned out to be an intuitive observer of animal behavior, and Bateson told her she could come back whenever she wanted. Oh, oh seems like a pretty sweet story so far. Maybe someone who can tame the dolphins, right? Well, I heard that you had dolphins here. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I've already read that part. <laughs> there were these three dolphins, remembers Lovett, Peter, Pamela, and Sissy. Sissy was the biggest. Pushy and loud, she sort of ran the show. Pamela was very shy and fearful, and Peter was a young guy. He was sexually coming of age and a bit naughty. Oh, God. The lab's upper floors overhung a sea pool that housed the animals. 
It was cleaned by the tide through openings at each end. The facility had been designed to bring humans and dolphins into closer proximity and was the brainchild of an American neuroscientist, Dr. John Lilly. Here, Lilly hoped to commune with the creatures. Hi, my name is Dr. John, John Lilly. Lilly. I'm, I'm Dr. John Lilly. I want to come closer with the dolphins. <laughs> I want to see the dolphins. I want to live with them. I want to become part of the dolphins' lifestyle. The dolphin's lifestyle. Yeah. Here, Lily hoped to commune with the creatures. I want to commune with the creatures and nurture their ability to make human-like sounds with their blowouts. A colleague of Dr. Hispanis. Yes. Uh, Lily had become interested in connecting with uh, cetaceans, which I'm guessing is... is huh? I don't know. I don't What's that? Yeah. Since coming face-to-face with a beached pilot whale on the coast near his home in Massachusetts in 1949, the young medic <laughs> couldn't... So this, this little boy... Yeah. Well, when he was when he was well, he not a little yeah. boy. He was probably about twenty years old. The young guy. medic couldn't quite believe the size of the animal's brain and began to imagine just how intelligent the. Hold, other, hold on, hold on. Did he, was he, so he's walking along the beach. He sees a beach, probably a dead whale. He sees a dead beach whale. Yeah, and he's being like, "Holy shit! Oh fuck! Oh god!" I gotta call. He probably someone. saw a big bite he, out of it. He, he walks. Animals up, eating its brains. He walks up to it. He's like. Oh, look at the brain. I'm gonna touch it. I'm gonna fucking look at the brain. I'm gonna explore. <laughs> I'm gonna touch this, this whale brain. <laughs> I'm gonna touch. I'm gonna fucking touch this this brain. Don't touch here. his dick. No, the his head brain. His, his head brain. On, I don't want to give him brain. I want to touch his head brain. <laughs> you want to give him head? You no. want to give his brain head? So the young medic, medic couldn't quite believe the size of the animal's brain and began to imagine just how intelligent the creature <laughs> must have been. It was a sperm whale. <laughs> Explains Graham Burnett, professor of the history of science at Princeton and author of *The Sounding of the Whale*. You were talking about a t- you were talking about a time <laughs> you play a whale like a fucking flute or something like that. A whale flute. Um, you're talking about a time when everybody's. Thi- you're talking. You're talking about a time when. You're talking about a time when everybody's thinking about a correlation between brain size and what the brain can do. And in this period, researchers were like, "Whoa, big brain, huh? We, cool. We, we." We finally deduced why they really call them pilot whales because the size of their brain was so massive it allowed them to unlock their telekinetic capabilities <laughs> to fly through the air in packs <laughs> over fucking <laughs> sea. Uh, okay, wow. cool. Apparently, you didn't think that was funny. No, I don't know. I'm so focused on this. Um, at every opportunity in the years that followed, John Lilly and his first wife, Mary, would charter sailboats and cruise the Caribbean looking for other big brain marine animals to observe. Look at that one. He's got a freakishly big brain. Oh, I like the brain on that one. <laughs> oh, the frontal lobe. Ooh. <laughs> That occipital lobe, though. God. It was, just, it was just on just such a trip in the late 1950s that the Lilies came across Marine Studios in Miami. I want to <laughs> masturbate that medulla. The first place to keep the bottlenose dolphin in captivity. Up until this time, fishermen on America's East Coast who were in direct competition with dolphins for fish had considered the animals vermin. And they were right, <laughs> based on our... Yes. Um, let, let, let's they were known that. as they let's, were known as herring hogs, which is a far better name than dolphin. Let's rephrase the that. herring hog. Let, let's rephrase that. First ones to safely keep, or, or first ones to keep dolphins in captivity, right? Safely away from everything else. Yes, right. Because they're they're basically, if they were in the American prison system, they would be. Uh, I don't know. What, what's like the the most maximum security prison there is? The maximum security prison? No, but like which which one? Well, like what's the one that's like holy shit? You went to that prison? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know prisons. Let's 
we're going to go back in time because the fawns. Alcatraz. Alcatraz, okay. Alcatraz. So the dolphins live in Alcatraz. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, hey, look, all these dolphins are in Alcatraz. They're all like locked up. Aren't they cute? Let's 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 see what happens if we let them out. Oh, like, would you no. be like, hey, look at look no. at all those guys in cages? No. Should we should we let them out? No. What do they call uh, them? Herring? What do they call them? Herring hogs? So they called them. Let's see. Um, fishermen on the East Coast who were direct competition with dolphins for fish had considered the animals vermin. They were called. Uh, they were known as herring hogs in most of the seafaring towns in herring? the U.S. Herring. Heron. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the other one. Herring? Heron? Her, hair tie. Hair rug. What was the one he said? He goes, hair. Hearing? No, he was like, hey, no, it's herring. Hair run. Herring. 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 Hair run. Anyways. Hair run. <laughs> There's a YouTube video. Just look up spelling bee, hair run, like the bird, and you'll find it. Um, so, um, they were known as herring hogs in most of the seafaring towns in the U.S., says Burnett. But here in the tanks of marine studios, the dolphins' playful nature was endearingly on show, and their ability to learn tricks made quick ma- uh, made it hard to dislike them. Uh, here for the first time, Lily had the chance to study the brains of live dolphins. Mapping- Lily also had a boner for their blowholes. Jesus. Mapping their <laughs> cerebral cortexes using fine probes. Probing their blowholes with his dick. Which he'd first developed for his work on the brains of rhesus monkeys. (laughs) Rhesus monkeys? No, rhesus. R-H-E-S-U-S. Rhesus monkeys. I heard racist monkeys. Sure. (laughs) They just sit there on branches. (laughs) Unable to sedate dolphins as they stop breathing under anesthetic, the brain mapping... you fucking racial slur here. (laughs) The brain mapping work wasn't... Easy for either animals or scientists, and the research didn't always end well for the marine mammals. But on one occasion in 1957, the researcher would take a different course, which would change his and Mary's lives forever. Now age 97, Mary remembers the day very clearly. Oh, God. I came in at the top of the operating oh, theater no. and heard John talking at the dolphin. Uh, uh, I heard John talking, and the dolphin would go, what, what, what? Like John, and then Alice, his assistant, would reply in a high tone of voice, and the dolphin would imitate her voice. I went down to where they were operating and told them this was going, to, uh, what was going on, and they were quite startled. Perhaps John reasoned this behavior indicated an ambition on the dolphin's part to communicate with the humans around them. If so, here were uh, if so, here were exciting new opportunities for the interspecies communication. Oh God, it's pretty cool, right? So Lily published his uh, theory in a book in 1961 called no, Man. We also planted the apes. I know. Called Man That's and Dolphin. That's not how it works. <laughs> the <laughs> they learn to talk, then they learn to fucking kill you. <laughs> the idea of talking dolphins e- eager to tell us something captured the public's imagination, oh, and the book became a bestseller. Man and Dolphin extrapolated Mary Lily's initial observations of dolphins mimicking human voices. Right though, uh, right through to uh, right through to teaching them to speak English, and then ultimately to a and on ultimately to a Cartesian chair at the United Nations where all marine mammals would have an enlightened input into world affairs, widening our perspectives on everything from science to history, economics, and current affairs. Fucking stop. <laughs> he's talking. Oh, God. He's talking like he's fucking Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then they made We're the, not even to the punchline of the story then yet. They We're made, not even there. Then they made the fatal mistake of housing him next to the racist monkeys. <laughs> and they started mimicking the racist monkeys. 
the, the interspecies race war began. Lily species had specific uh, significance. Uh, Lily's theory had specific species. Lily's theory had specific significance for another group of scientists, astronomers. I read his book and was very impressed. Is Frank Drake, who had just completed the first experiment to detect what, signals from extraterrestrial name? civilizations using a radio telescope at Green Bank in West Virginia. Would if dolphins and other marine mammals were part of the United Nations, uh-huh. do you think the ocean in general would, would be, be the largest country? Oh, hell nation? Yeah. Yes. Or would it be like unless okay, you divide it up based on the North Atlantic? They would be like, I don't, I don't subscribe to man's de- <laughs> derivation of the seas. The sea is united as one against the land. The sea is united, and then eventually we will overtake the land. Yeah, because let the polar ice caps melt. Do it, bitch! I dare you. <laughs> And then they're like, yes, yes, it's finally yeah. ours. And then it freezes over. They're like, no! <laughs> it was a very exciting book because it had these new ideas about creatures as intelligent, sophisticated as us, and yet living in a fair, uh, a, a far different milieu. Ooh, big word. Ooh. He immediately saw parallels with Lily's work. Because we both wanted to understand as much as we could about the changes of communicating with other intelligent species. The interest helped Lily win financial backing from NASA and other government agencies, and Lily opened his new lab in the Caribbean in 1963 with the aim of nurturing closer relationships between man and dolphin. So pause. Now we know the backstory of how this lab came to exist. Okay. Uh, Questions so far? No, I, I have a terrible sinking feeling that I already know where this is going to go, and it's nowhere good. And if you know anything about dolphins you already know where this is going but this could be your first time learning about them so <clears throat> a few months later in early 1964 love it arrived through her naturally uh, empathetic Summer nature of love she quickly connected with the three animals and eager to embrace john lily's vision for building an interspecies communication bridge she threw herself into his work spending as much time as possible with the dolphins and carrying out a program of daily lessons to encourage them to make human-like sounds while the lab's director, Gregory Bateson, concentrated on animal-to-animal communication, Lovett was left alone to pursue Lily's dream to teach the dolphins to speak English. But even English, a, motherfucker! But do even, you speak it? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and eh. <laughs> He goes underwater. Uh, He's just fucking quoting the Bible. Yes, he is. Um, uh, let's see. All right. Um, but even at the state of the, the art country fac- of, <laughs> but even at the state of the art facility, How do you spell that? I don't know. Even at the state of the art facility, like the dolphin house barriers, uh, barriers remained every night. We would all get in our cars and pull the garage door down and drive away. Remembers love it. And I thought, well, there's the, there's the big brain floating around at all night. Oh, and I thought there's this big brain floating around all night. It amazed me that everybody kept leaving. And I just thought it was wrong. Lovett reasoned that if she could live with the dolphins around the clock, nurturing in its interest in human, uh, making human-like sounds, like a mother teaching a child to speak, they'd have more success. Maybe it was because I was living so close to the lab, it just seemed so simple. Uh, why then? Uh, why let the water get in the way, she says. So I said to John Lilly, he sh- I says. <laughs> I says to John Lilly, I says, I want to plaster everything. I want to plaster everything and fill this place with water. I want to live. No, I want to plaster everything and fill this place with water. I want to live here. The radical. Ner- the okay, like in her house? No, like she wants to live with the dolphins. Where she says she wants to plaster, she wants to plaster what? She basically doesn't want to have any separation from the dolphins. She wants to have just a big fucking giant tank that they live in and that she can easily get to. Yeah. 
So, the radical nature of Lovett's idea appealed to Lily, and he went for it. She began completely waterproofing the upper floors of the lab so that she could actually flood the indoor rooms and an outdoor balcony with a couple of feet of water. This will allow a dolphin to live comfortably in the water uh, in the building with, with her for three months. Lovett selected the young male dolphin called Peter... Uh, t- for her living experiment, God I chose to work with Peter because he had not he had not had any human like sound training and uh, like the other two had. She explains, Lovett would attempt to live in isolation with him six days a week, sleeping on a makeshift bed on the elevator platform in the middle of the room and doing her paperwork on a desk suspended from the ceiling and hanging over the water. On the seventh day, Peter would return to the sea pool downstairs to spend time with the other two female dolphins of the lab, Pamela and Sissy. So so far makes sense, right? No, this sounds fucking insane to me. So, by the summer the of... The ocean the- is not our friend. <laughs> Didn't we learn anything from the Titanic? Oh, uh, yes. Anyway, <sighs> not Jaws, the Titanic. By the summer of 1965, Lovett's domestic... Well, Jaws was trying to help those people. He was trying to help them meet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> You think there was like a, 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 a priest back then who was like, Jaws is our friend. <laughs> <laughs> You're all wrong. You're all, all ro- sinners. You're all wrong about Jaws. <laughs> His name is Jaws. Jaws Christ. Jaws is Christ. <laughs> yes. Oh. <laughs> 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 that was that sound that just came out of my body. <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna throw up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> By the summer of 1965, Lovett's domestic dolphinarium was ready for use. Lying in bed, surrounded by water that first night and listening to the pumps gurgling away, she remembers questioning what she was doing. Human people were out there having dinner or whatever, and here I am. There's moonlighting reflecting on the water, his fin with his bright eye looking up at you, and I thought, wow, why am I here? But then you get back into it, and it never occurred to me not to do it. What I was doing there was trying to find out what Peter was doing there and what we could do together. That was the whole point, and nobody had done that. Audio recordings of Lovett's progress, meticulously archived on quarter-inch tapes at the time, capture the energy that Lovett brought to the experiment, doggedly documenting Peter's progress with her twice-daily lessons and repeatedly encouraging him to greet her with the phrase, Hello, Margaret. M was very difficult, she remembers. Uh, My name, Hello, Margaret. I worked on the M sound, and then he eventually rolled over to bubble it through the water. That M he worked so hard on. Aww. For Levitt, though, it often wasn't these formal speeches. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't even him speaking it. He just flips over. He's got a little macaroni like portrait of an M, like a shitty M. <laughs> Good job. You made that. For Levitt, though, it wasn't often these formal speech lessons that were the most productive. It was just being together, which taught, taught her the most uh, about what, the, uh, what made Peter tick. We, uh, when we had nothing to do, Every when he- Every time you say Peter, I think of the apostles. Right. <laughs> and then I think of Jesus. Jesus. Um, when, Ugh. when we had nothing to do, uh, when we were, uh, when we had nothing to do was when we did the most, she reflects. He was very, very interested in my anatomy. If I was sitting there, my legs were in the water. He would come up to, uh, uh, come up and look at the back of my knee for a long time. He wanted to know, uh, how that work thing worked. And I was charmed by it. 
Carl Sagan, one of the young astronomers at Green Bank, paid a visit to the report back on the progress uh, to Frank Drake. We thought it was important to have the dolphins t- teach us dolphinese, if there was such a thing, recalls Drake. <laughs> For example, we suggested two dolphins in each tank not be able to see each other, and, and he should... I'm sorry. And he should teach one dolphin a procedure to obtain food and then see if it could tell the other dolphin how to do the same thing in its tank. That was really the prime experiment to be done, but Lily never seemed to be able to do it. Instead, he encouraged Levitt to press on with teaching Peter English, but there was something getting in the way of their lessons. Dolphins get sexual urges, said the vet, Andy Uh, Williamson, who looked after the animal's health at Dolphin House. I'm sure Peter had plenty of thoughts along those lines. Peter liked to be with me, explains Levitt. He would rub himself on my knee or my foot or my hand. And at first, I would put him downstairs with the girls, he, she says. But transporting Peter downstairs proved so disrupted in the lessons that faced with his frequent arousals, it just seemed easier for Levitt to relieve his urges herself manually. Oh, God. This is... Ugh. I allowed that, she says. I wasn't uncomfortable with it, as long as it wasn't rough. It just became part of what was going Jesus on. Christ. Like an itch. Just get rid of it, scratch it, and move on. And that's how it seemed to work out. It wasn't private. People that's could not observe it. how fucking itches work. When you scratch and... Oh, God damn it. For Lovett, it was a precious thing, which was always carried out with great respect. He was right there, and he knew I was right there, she continues. It wasn't sexual on my part. Sensuous, perhaps. It seemed well, to be... It seemed, it seemed well, to me... I, I, why? It seemed to me Jesus. that it made the bond closer, not because of the sexual activity, but because of the lack of having to keep breaking, and that's really all it was. I wasn't there to get to know Peter. That was part of Peter. Innocent... As they were, Levitt's sexual encounters with Peter would ultimately overshadow the whole experiment when a story about them appeared in a Hustler magazine in the late 1970s. <laughs> oh, yes. I never even heard of Hustler, says Levitt. I think there were two magazine stories on the island at the same time. And I went to the one and looked at, at, and looked and I found the story with my name and Peter in a drawing. By the way, here is the oh, drawing God. and the article. Can you describe, G- me, can you describe what you're seeing it. there? I want to see it closer. Here. Uh. <laughs> All right. Um, where do I begin? <laughs> it's a. <laughs> it's a woman. Um, I guess you would say she's like up. She's in floating missionary. Okay, she's in floating missionary position with a dolphin between her legs. And the dolphin's head is like near her head. Her head is back and she's smiling like, hi, nice to see you. Thanks for coming back to my restaurant. That's the smile she has on her face in this drawing. And the dolphin has this face where he's looking. He's like, yeah. He's doing that noise right there. <laughs> okay. That's what he's doing as he's boning her. And, uh, and that's what he's doing. Bone in her. Yes. With his creepy twin wieners. Oh, All right, let's continue. Here, take, take this away from me. All right. So, continuing with the story. Um, Lovett brought uh, brought up all the copy she bought up all the copies she could find, but the story was out there. It continues to circulate to this day on the web. It's a bit uncomfortable, she acknowledges. The worst experiment in the world. I read somewhere. Uh, I read somewhere was me and Peter. That's so fine. Wait, in her house, does she just have a? St- like a room full of hustlers? <laughs> no, no. All the same fucking issue? <laughs> the worst experiment in the world, I read somewhere, was me and Peter. That's fine. I don't mind. But that was not the point of it, nor the result of it. So I just ignore it. 
Something else began to interrupt the study. Lily had had been researching the mind-altering powers of the drug LSD. Of course. Oh, God. Since the early 1960s. The wife of Ivan Torres, the producer of the Dolphin movie <laughs> Flipper, had first introduced him to, uh, to it at a party in Hollywood. Wait, this was Lily? Yes. Oh, God. Do you think he knew like this ahead of time? And he was like, hey, I'm going to fucking love sex dolphin, baby. That's what LSD means to me. Let's, Come on. Let's read on, on and see. Oh, um, shit. Uh, John and Ivan Torres were really good friends, said Rick O'Berry of the Dolphin Project, an organization that aims to stop dolphin slaughter and exploitation around the world, and a friend of Lily's at the time. Ivan was financing some of the work on St. Thomas. I saw John go from a scientist with a white coat to a full-blown hippie, he remembers. For the actor Jeff Bridges, who was instructed to Lily by, uh, introduced to Lily by his father, Lloyd, Lily's self-experimentation with LSD was just part of who he was. I can't really do a good impression of, of, of Jeff Bridges, but I can yeah. try. I'll just try to be the dude. <clears throat> I can't do it. I'm just going <laughs> to add man. John Lilly was above all, uh, above all an explorer of the brain and the mind and all those drugs that expanded our consciousness, man. I feel like mine... Reflects my, Bridges. My, my attempt would just end up saying like Tommy Chong. <laughs> there weren't too many hey, people man. with his expertise and his scientific background doing that kind of work, man. <laughs> You can call me Duder, Dudeness, <laughs> El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Um, in the 1960s, a small selection of neuroscientists like John Lilly were... Dude uh, fit, as it were. Yep. Uh, licensed to research LSD by the American government, convinced that the drug had medicinal qualities that could be used to treat mental health patients. As part of this research, the drug was sometimes injected into animals, and Lilly had begun using it on his dolphins since oh, 1964, God. curious about the effect it would have on them. So I think we're starting to paint a picture here. So we have a, a dolphin mad scientist. fucked the lady or wanted to see if they, okay, that's the thing so far. This article has made it clear that if they had sex. She said she took care of him manually. Yeah. Doesn't mean she used her vagina. She could have used her hand. Yeah. So just took care of him. Um, oh God, dude. Like, but, but it goes on. <laughs> so we have a fucking mad scientist. He's like I'm going to inject my dolphins. We, we have this theory. That says that we can cure mental <laughs> mental illness patients. You know what? You know the old saying: fight, <laughs> fight fire with fire, <laughs> fight crazy with crazy. <laughs> Have some LSD. <laughs> Maybe it'll make them so crazy they'll snap out of their crazy. <laughs> Much to Lily's annoyance, nothing happened. Despite his various attempts to get the dolphins to respond to the drug, it didn't seem to have any effect on them. Remember, get love it. Weird, damn it. Different species react to different. Uh, Pharmaceuticals in different ways, explains the vet Andy Williamson. A tranquilizer made for horses might induce a state of excitement in a dog. <laughs> That's why people take horse tranquilizers. Yeah, um, playing with true. pharmaceuticals is a tricky business, to say the least. Injecting the dolphins with LSD was not something Lovett was in favor of, and she insisted that the drug not be given to Peter, which Lily agreed to. But it was his lab, and they were his animals, she recalls. And as a young woman in her 20s, she felt powerless to stop him giving LSD to the other two dolphins. While Lily's experimentation with the drug continued, Lovett preserved... Uh, 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 okay. uh, Lo Lo oh, persevered with Peter's uh, vocalization lessons and grew steadily closer to him. That relationship of having to be together sort of turned into really enjoying being together and wanting to be together and missing him when he wasn't there, she reflects. I did have a very close encounter with... I can't even say a dolphin again with Peter. Wow. By autumn of <coughs> 1966, Lily's interest in the speaking dolphin experiment was dwindling. It didn't have the zing to it that LSD did at the time. <laughs> calls love it of Lily's attitude toward her progress with Peter. Uh, and in the end, the zing won. 
Lily's cavalier attitude to the Dolphins' welfare would eventually be his downfall, driving away the lab's director, Gregory Bateson, and eventually causing the funding to be cut. Just as Levitt and Peter's six-month living experiment was concluding, it was announced the lab would be closed. Without funding, the fate of the Dolphins was in question. I couldn't keep Peter, said Levitt wistfully. If he'd been a cat or a dog, then maybe, but not a dolphin. Levitt's new job became uh, the decommissioning of the lab, and she prepared to ship the Dolphins away to Lily's other lab in a, in a disused bank building in Miami. It was far cry from the relative freedom and comfortable surroundings of Dolphin House. And the Miami... <laughs> Dolphin House That's rules. where they live. Yeah, right? Um, oh, yeah. And the Miami Lab... At the Miami Lab, held captive in smaller tanks with no sunlight, Peter quickly deteriorated, and after a few weeks, Lovett received the news. I got that phone call from John Lilly, she recalls. John himself called me to tell me... Oh, my God. John called me himself to tell me he said Peter had committed suicide. Peter had committed suicide. The, the dolphin, dolphin killed the dolphin himself. Killed himself. How did it kill himself? Rick O'Berry contributes the use of the word. Dolphins are not automatic breathers like we are, he says. Every breath is a conscious effort. If life becomes too unbearable, the dolphins just take a breath and they sink to the bottom. Holy shit. They don't take the next breath. Andy Williamson puts down Peter's death to a broken heart, brought on by separation from Lovett that he didn't understand. Margaret could rationalize it, but when she left, could Peter? Where's the love of his life gone? I wasn't terribly unhappy about it, explains Lovett, 50 years on. Wait, I wasn't terribly unhappy about it? What the fuck? She, like, loved that motherfucker. I was more unhappy about him being in those conditions than not being at all. Uh, nobody was going to bother Peter. He wasn't going to hurt. He was just going to be unhappy, and he was just gone. And that was okay. Odd, but that's how it was. Holy shit. In the decades which followed, John Lilly continued to study dolphin-human communications, exploring other ways of trying to talk to them. Some of it bizarrely mystical, employing telepathy, and some of it more scientific, using musical tones. No one ever tried to teach dolphins to speak English again. <laughs> Until no, no. Until. Uh, instead, research has shifted to better understanding uh, uh, other species' own languages. At the SETI, Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence Institute, founded by Frank Drake to continue his work on life beyond Earth, Drake's colleague Lawrence Doyle had attempted to quantify the complexity of animal language here on our home planet. There is still this prejudice that humans have a language which is far and above any other species quanti quantitatively, says Doyle. But by looking at the complexity of the relationship of dolphin signals to each other, we've discovered that they definitely have a high communication intelligence. I think Lily's big insight was how intelligent dolphins really are. Margaret Howe Lovett stayed on the island, marrying the photographer who captured pictures of the experiment. Together, they moved back into Dolphin House. His eventually, name was Peter. <laughs> eventually converting it into a family home where they brought up three daughters. It was a good place, she remembered. <laughs> they brought up three dolphins. <laughs> there was good feeling in that building all the time. In the years that followed, the house had fallen into disrepair, but the ambition of what went on there still remembered. Over the years, I've received letters from people who are working with dolphins themselves, she recalls. They often say things like, when I was seven, I read about you with living with a dolphin, and that's what started it all for me. Peter is their, quote, Miss Kelly, she explains, remembering her own childhood talking about uh, animals. Miss Riley inspired me, and in turn, the idea of living with a dolphin inspired others. That's fun. I like that. Jesus. The end. Case, what a fucking dolphin fucker. <laughs> no, oh, I'm just kidding. God. I don't know. That's kind of a weird story, right? Because in the middle, you're like, in the middle, you're like, that's the thing. Because I thought the, the person who sent me the article, the, I thought the dolphin was going to no. rape her because, you know, dolphins the, rape. The, the person who sent me the article um, told me this. He's like, Did you read that book? It's that story about the lady who loved the dolphin? I'm like, what? 
Yeah. Like, yeah, this, she did some sexual things to the dolphin. I'm like, what? Is the name of the story, The Dolphin Who Loved Me, the NASA-funded project that went wrong. In the 1960s, <laughs> Margaret Lovett was part of a NASA-funded project to communicate with dolphins. Soon, she was living with Peter, 24 hours a day in a converted house. Christopher Riley reports on the experiment that went tragically wrong. So, you know, when you read that title, it was impossible for me to picture a dolphin in a tuxedo through a spyglass or through a barrel of a gun. <laughs> Be like, the dolphin who loved me. The dolphin who loved me. <laughs> he went. <laughs> uh, uh, Jaws is Christ, right? Yeah, Jaws, God damn it. Such a good point. <laughs> so yeah, that is the story. So what do you think after all that? I know I just read a long story to you. What do you think after all that? You go through an emotion. That's the thing. When I read it, I thought, oh, it's going to be about dolphin fucker. It's going to be funny. Yeah. And I went through this emotional roller coaster where I, at first I was like, ew. And then I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, poor lady and the poor dolphin who killed himself. See, he I didn't. Killed, he loved her so much, he killed himself. Well, I, for their fucking guess. That's their guess. He could have just been like, I'm trying to hump something on land. <laughs> I want to hump the bottom of this tank. I, I see a dolphin down there in the, in the reflection. He's hot looking. <laughs> I know it's a dude. I don't care. I want to put my Peter in other Peter. <laughs> Putting Peter in Peter. I want to make the twins touch. The twins are twin dicks. I know. Double barrel. Anyway, so what do you think, though? What was your reaction to that? Well, I mean, the whole time I'm, I'm just waiting for the part where you're like... You're waiting for the fucking I'm waiting axe for the to part, drop? I'm waiting for the axe to drop where it's like, oh, you know, she was trying to teach him, and then he, he knocked her down and then started raping her. Oh, God. No, that's, that's not what, funny. That's no. what dolphins do. <laughs> yeah, I know. They're terrible, terrible creatures. It's not funny. You know, uh, it's just, but uh, I don't know, dude. I mean, like, I, I think... I think it's a crazy world we live in. Yes, it's a crazy world that we live in. Absolutely. Because it's like, like I said, we saw Planet of the Apes. We <laughs> know how it begins. They start to learn how to talk. And, and then they become they senators of the United Nations. Exactly. And uh, then they, and then they Who will save us? Please, Jazus, please. And dude, all of this fucking relates because, okay, the monkeys learn to speak. It's true. They become part of the United Nations, the United Species, the United Species of the of the world, the USW, and and then because they're the racist monkeys, they reveal themselves to be the racist monkeys, and then they're like, "Fuck it, fucking water breather, stay down there." And then the dolphins are like. We're not going to fucking stand for this. We're the largest fucking nation on earth. The United Seas of Earth. The USE. Oh, God. And then it's the USE plans out a revolt on the US. Uh, what did I say? The, the United Species of the World. USW. Oh, man. USE versus USW. Cage match. Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> I was waiting Sunday. for you to do that. Oh man, but yeah, it's, it's a crazy fucking world. Senator living. monkeys, Senator monkey, Senator monkey. <laughs> right. Yes, yeah, Senator monkey. That's a good, that's a very valid point, Senator monkey. Alan, he's wearing a little tie. Draw Alan. Senator monkey. Draw a campaign poster for Senator monkey. Draw a campaign poster for Senator monkey. Also, draw, draw a thing where like Senator monkey has. He's going in his head. He's just like he. he 
he has two. I people. want a Senator Monkey Obama poster, like the Hope poster, but uh, with a monkey. It just says like with monk that, on it. That, no, oh, that's I'm not. That's okay. not what I meant. Why are you jumping there? I just think it'd be funny I, to see a monkey on that type of. I poster. think it'd be funny. I'm just worried what people will. No, think. it's not a racial joke. Okay, it has nothing to do with that. That's I still need the porpoisteria. <laughs> yeah, um, no, but. I want like a little comic of like two people handing Senator monkeys. Or no, let's be real. Two monkeys handing Senator monkey two different bills. One that declares war on the <laughs> the what would I say the United Seas of Earth, Earth the, the, the on U.S. The, on the U's, the, on the U's declaring war on the U's. Um, no, it's, no, it's got to be United Seas of Earth. Democracy so it's used the used, <laughs> on the used and then the band the used gets me. Hey, we own that. <laughs> so they get into a legal battle with, with the, the dolphins. dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the case of used versus dolphins. Oh yes, dude, dude. This all ties into you know what? Okay, so all of this is happening. The right? Honorable Judge Whale presiding. Oh God, so it's a, but it's like an old British like has the wigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Just sitting there like sipping on krill. Yeah. Sip on krill. Sipping on krill, girl. Um, no, fucking. And then he's trying to make this decision whether or not to declare war and stuff like that. And then they use this proceeding with their legal battle with the dolphins and the used, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the country or the nation of the used. And then all chaos is breaking loose, right? Mm-hmm. So there's only one fucking solution. To all of this. Dude. Oh no. There's only one way that this can go ahead and be solved. One protector of the sea, one protector <laughs> of the deep, the sword. Yes. See, he, re- he, re- he revives himself. See one of the previous episodes. I forget which one it is. Yeah. I think it might have been the cockfish. Cockfish, yeah. <laughs> cockfish. Um, so, yeah, so that's the story of a woman dude, who loved the dolphin. Oh my God. Holy shit. Okay. Remember the brains of the whales being so big that they could fly. Like they've unlocked their telekinetic potential and they can fly. <laughs> yes. When the, eventually Senator monkey is like, Oh, like, I don't know what I should do too fucking late because the used declare war on the, the U S E the United speed. No, wait. Yeah. Not the USW, the United species of the world. Uh-huh. And they send out a fleet of Dolphin pilot Hitler. whales. A fleet of pilot whales, and they're just like fucking like bombing the shit out of like the monkey towns. Oh my god! And they it's, they have like the jackets, the bomber jackets, yes. and like the goggles and stuff I like that. It. I don't know why they would have jackets and goggles because it's like, funny. They absorb what? Yeah, it's a visual image. It's great. It's a visual image of just a fleet. so Alfin uh, Alfin. <laughs> that's that's the dolphin version of Alan Alfin. Draw that too. Alfin. Draw the Alfin is is the sword's kid sidekick, like a little dolphin <laughs> version of Alan. Like, gee, Mister Sword, what's going on? I do not compute friendship. <laughs> I'm sorry. I do not see pute. It's see pute. Yeah, I use the word sea for everything. Sea and so, ocean. So that is that is the story. What? So so okay. So that's it. Any final thoughts on it? I, I want to see that whole crazy scenario play out. <laughs> I, I, I really want, like not in real life because fuck the dolphins, right. and fuck the ocean. You know, I mean, like you heard it here first, folks. Not not like go do bad stuff to the ocean. Just like leave, stay out of it. Leave, leave, leave well enough alone. Leave it alone. Yeah, 
leave it alone. You yeah. know, we're not like, hey, like, let's go play where the cheetahs are. <laughs> you know, I mean, like some people do, but not me. Not not this guy. It's a very good point. Don't go and don't go anywhere near wild animals. That's uh, I mean, like go to the zoo where it's safe. Don't go to SeaWorld because they're kind of a bunch of fucks. Probably a bunch of dolphin fuckers. <laughs> Stay away from the monkeys that's and true. the dolphins so, and the whales. So, well, we'll add it's it about. It's kind of a weird way to go, but that's about it for stuff and things this week. We've reached the end. This is the end. end. My dolphin, dolphin friend, friend, the, the end. end. <laughs> of our experiment, <laughs> the end. I'll never manually help you out. Again. That's weird. <laughs> oh wow. I did little dolphin hands. <laughs> you, did. you guys can't see this, but he did the little dolphin, dolphin flipper hands. I have to. Well, boys and girls, that's gonna do it for Stephen Things this week. Um we learned a lot this week. We learned that it's important to enjoy the World Cup, and even if your team doesn't make it to the end, follow it because you never know. You might see a big old German boner. <laughs> And we also learned that the love of the seas... A bratwurst, as it were. <laughs> we also learned that the love of the seas and how one human and one dolphin could come together and make a relationship that'll last a lifetime. And we also discovered His Holiness, Jesus Christ. Yes. May, may He bless and keep you. <laughs> but not eat you. I'm yeah. Chewy. And I'm Ian. All praise be unto the Dark Lord Kramdar and his associate, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Keep that face. And we'll see you next time on Stuff and Things, bitches! <laughs> this is stuff. This is stuff. This is stuff. This is stuff. And things. This has been a production of the Stuff and Things Podcast Network. Exclusively at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. 